You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A lot going on in Cleveland, Ohio this evening. Um, currently, and guys, I apologize uh, as I maybe uh, you know put my backing towards you all. Um, hang in there. Hopefully the bats come alive. Um, but yes, a lot going on in the city of Cleveland, Ohio this evening. But look, death, taxes, locked on Browns, day in, day out. Your Wednesday edition of Locked on Browns is brought to you by the Ryan Holiday Book. From the best-selling authors of The Daily Stoic, it comes the ultimate stoicism guide to success, resilience, and virtue. To accept what you cannot control and adapt to what you can. The philosophy sports teams across the country are successfully adapting. Lives Lives of the Stoics, the art of living from Zeno to Marcus Aurelius is available now wherever books are sold. Joining me this evening on your Wednesday edition of Lockdown Browns from Dog Pound Daily, from Pro Football Network, from Clutch Points NFL, with the first pick. For a young guy, he's all over the place. Sam Panics. Uh, Sam, it's been a while. First things first. How you holding up? Um, and obviously, you know, you know, today was maybe a little bit scary, NFL wise. But what we had talked about a lot over the summer, Sam and I, um, when working a little bit together, was we really hope we at least get to get to a season. And Sam, we've at least reached that point. Yep. Uh, first major incident today, so that's a little bit concerning, but. Um, as we've seen with the other, you know, the NBA, the MLB, they've also had incidents early in the season um, and they've been able to work through them. So hopefully the NFL will do the same and we'll be able to play our full 16 game slate. Uh, plus, you know, hopefully another or two after that. Who knows? It's going to be interesting the names that eventually probably will come out about who these Titans players are because they've had some incidents with this already. Um, you know, first round pick Isaiah Wilson and um, Cole McDonald, who was released, uh, you know, late round pick as a quarterback. Um, these two, you know, basically going to parties at at universities um, near Nashville. Um, Isaiah Wilson's already had a second incident. So um, when I my, when I first heard about it, my first thought was maybe it's surprising because maybe everybody's not necessarily towing the line, so to speak, as far as the Tennessee Titans are concerned to this point. But. Let's leave that where it's at. Sam, um, obviously, last couple of weeks, a much fresher product on the offensive side of the ball. And look, for everybody, oh, well, these are games they should have won. Well, you want to know what? You can't say that when you would have been the people who said, I told you they stink. They can't beat so-and-so. You need to beat who you're supposed to beat. You dropped 69 points in two weeks. We're seeing a little bit of everything. And this is kind of what we had talked about. You know, it, you know, Sam and I working with Corey Kinnon, uh, you know, over the summer, talked about you know, look, the variety is here. the The recipe is here. Um, if something's not working, maybe you can get something else going. Um, maybe still, the tight end position really hasn't hit their mark yet. Um, and look, the passing game on a whole, and we're going to get to that as we have listener questions coming in the third segment. We'll talk a little offense with Sam here. We'll talk some defensive thoughts here with Sam in the second segment as well. But Sam, you know, and it's look, there's a lot of Good here. There's the on the offensive side of the ball. The recipes are there. I think it's just a question of finding that 
achievement of blending it all together to be that perfect, perfect, essentially dish. Right. You know, it's been, it's been three weeks in this, you know, unprecedented situation and they've looked really good the past two weeks. Yes. It's against the worst and second worst teams from 2019, but good teams have to beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. And that's what the Browns have done these past two weeks. Um, You know, aside from the second half of the Baltimore game, I think the offense has played really well for the most part. Uh, I've been, I've been impressed with the play calling, the scheme, the time management, uh, just, you know, everything about Kevin Stefanski seems like a total 180 from what Freddie Kitchens was last year. And that's exactly what this team needed. You know, you needed to be able to see, okay, this is what they're trying to do. You can see consistent improvement and they're not making the same mistake twice. And I think we've seen that so far and it's, it's very encouraging because last year you knew that the talent was there, but the coaching just wasn't. And I don't, I don't know how many times that team lost games that they, they definitely should have won. You know, they should have beaten the most dominant defense in recent history against the New England Patriots, and they completely fell on their faces. So hopefully we don't get a repeat of that week one debacle, although, you know, that was a lot more just of Baltimore being a really good team. Um, but moving forward, I think we just need to see the offense kind of, you know, branch out, do a little more, you know, have a bit more variety, do some different things, um, get Baker Mayfield involved more in the passing game. Um, And I think he will be more involved as he becomes more comfortable in the offense. We've already seen the play action pass really start to take shape these past two games. And I think that's going to continue on uh, this week against the Cowboys who have a really suspect defense aside from, a solid defensive line. So um, I think, you know, what we talked about this past week with the Redskins applies to the Cowboys as well, where if you can protect Mayfield, um, then you're going to be able to do some damage through the air. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a good game. And, uh, you know, I just want to see continued consistent improvement uh, from this offense. Um, we're going to fine you, Sam. You're going to have to put a nickel in the fine jar. As you mentioned, Redskins, we've all been guilty of it to this point. So don't worry about that. That's, 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 <laughs> num- that's number two this week. I, <laughs> still, I still, I still say San Diego. So it's, it's, it's just a force to have yeah, it. Whatever. At least it's in California. It's good enough. You know, it yeah, it's all, all the same. Out there. Um, yeah. And I think if we learned anything and this is what I took away from last night's Monday, uh, you know, Monday Night football last night with the chiefs playing the Ravens is look, you need to keep Baltimore watching. If Lamar Jackson and they get a chance to run the whole playbook on you, they're literally going to run. They're going to just dazzle you and beat the living daylights out of you. You've got to put them in uncomfortable positions. You've got to put them in you know the point where you can take the threat of the run game away. Kansas City is able to do that. Um, you know the Browns. You know this is what they were able to do when they beat them a year ago in Week Four. Um, that's, you know, if you let Baltimore basically pick and choose what they want to do on offense and you give them the opportunity to run 65, 70 plays, you're screwed. Um, you put them in the pressure cooker and we have now seen this with Lamar Jackson, every loss he's got 
is where teams took it to him and the offense did what they needed to do and put him in a position where they had to play from behind. Guess what? You know, that those runs, it don't mean nothing. Okay, so you picked up a first down, but you only got six yards. All right, let's line it up again. Um, and that's one thing I took away. Same on the offensive side of the ball. What one player, you know, and look, you know, besides, I, I would say Nick and Kareem, I think the two of them are doing pretty much everything they're able to do because they have to deal with the fact that there's two of them. And there's really nothing more they can do because, you know, yes, the split is, you know, tilted a little bit towards Nick. I think both are maximizing what they are doing with the opportunities they are getting. I'm not sure that everybody else, as far as, you know, whether it's Austin Hooper, Odell, Jarvis, you know, that's coming for any of them yet. Which one, in your opinion, is the one that could maybe take this where this passing game, and look, the efficiency is great, the numbers are great, but we talked about this last night with Mark Sessler. There's going to be some times here where we're going to need 300, 330, 350 through the air. Who, who, in your opinion, needs to be that guy that can help this passing game you know, achieve that level? And this is probably the week where you, you could pinpoint this and say, look, this efficiency in 215, 230, it's not going to get it done. Somebody's got to – we need somebody to put up an 8 for a 130 and, a, you know, a 9 for 150. We need this from somebody, and we're probably going to need it probably this week. I think it's got to be Odell. I mean, he's he's the guy with that that potential, that talent, that skill set who can who can take you know any defensive back in the league and and catch you know ten passes for 150 yards and two touchdowns. We haven't really seen that player here in Cleveland yet, um, but he's looked he's looked good these past three weeks. He's looked healthy. He's looked quicker than he was last year, and he's making the most of the targets that he's gotten. Um, and that's, that's a good sign. Uh, last week against the Washington football team, Attaboy. he had, he had his, the highest, his highest PFF receiving grade since the Jets game last year. So that's a good sign. Uh, we, we still need you know him to, to hit that that really high mark that, you know, he, he did on a weekly basis with the giants before he got hurt. Um, and I think maybe this is the week that he, he breaks out and shows that he's still in that upper echelon of receivers in this league. Uh, the Cowboys secondary is awful. It's, you know, Brown's level bad and it got shredded last week. And obviously Baker Mayfield is not Russell Wilson, but, Odell Beckham is better than any receiver that the Seahawks have. Um, even though Metcalf and Lockett are very good, Beckham is still more talented than those guys. And I think the Cowboys are going to be able to put up a lot of points against the Browns defense, obviously. So running the ball, you know, having Mayfield attempt 23 passes again, that's not going to cut it, like you said. So we need to see an aerial attack and we need to see Stefanski really break out that play action passing game uh, that he, he organized so well with digs and deal in the past couple of years. So I'm really hoping that we finally get to see Beckham unleashed this week. Um, and I think Austin Hooper needs to be involved more often. Uh, they got him a couple targets earlier in, early in the game on Sunday, um, but they, it kind of, you know, keeled off after a while. Um, so 
I still am waiting f- for Hooper to get targeted down the field more often. Um, a lot of his, tar- probably most of his targets uh, with the Falcons came on drags and flats. And while he's good at those, I think he's also good at getting separation in the 10 to 15 yard range. So I really want to see him and Harrison Bryant run more of those intermediate routes um, because Baker Mayfield loves to throw those. He loves, he loves to throw over the seam to his tight ends. So I really am looking forward to seeing what Stefanski decides to do this week um, because it's a, it's a much different situation than, than what he's uh, been able to game plan for over these past few weeks. So it'll be something different, something interesting to watch. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it, it, for me, the lack of shot plays seems certainly a little bit shocking to this point because, you know, that's one thing you're going to do just to ease up the under, underneath stuff. And they really haven't gone with a lot of those. I do believe Odell, like the cork is still in that champagne bottle. And uh, I think Odell is there where if it was, hey, we're going to give him 13, 14 targets, you're going to see a monstrous day. I really believe with his health and the way he looks and the way he's moving around the field. And again, going back to the shot play, you know, everybody raved about that one deep play to Austin Hooper, you know, where he was lined up on the right side, kind of just leaked out. And then all of a sudden, you know, Rant was running up, you know, the left side of the sidelines where nobody saw him. Well, I'd like to see that play. Anybody ready to call that? Cause that'd be, you know, that'd be, that'd be nice. Um, but yeah, you're going to need some chunk. You're going to need some shot plays here to get into this. I mean, cause I mean the way these defenses are playing Dallas and the Browns, I mean, you're talking about, you know, this could be one of those, um, you know, first to 40 Sunday, uh, you know, as far as, you know, who could possibly pull out this game. And, you know, we, I know you guys have a bunch of questions about this game and we'll get to that in our third segment here. You know, when we open up the mailbag and we get to those questions from you guys, as we continue through your locked on Browns Wednesday edition as Sam Penick's joins along for the ride. Now more than ever, it's important to show support for your team and your community. Visa and the National Football League know that local businesses help your community move the ball down the field. Small businesses everywhere are overcoming challenges in these new times, thanks to teammates like you and Visa. Because when everyone pitches in, everyone benefits. Being loyal to local businesses ignites growth and supports all of us and our communities because they know that where you shop matters. Visa urges you to support local retailers who are making shopping safe and reliable. And remember, tap to pay with a contactless Visa wherever you see the contactless symbol to help support your community. Visa, official partner of the NFL. Sam, when Grant Delpit went down, you know, obviously everybody kind of had a little bit of a, you know, a deep breath moment of, oof. and look, everybody else, it was minimal injuries, except for Greedy Williams, who may be the longest day-to-day injury I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, we knew what this defensive line was capable of. And, you know, two weeks now without Olivier Vernon. Uh, but it's it's done its job. I would say it's probably done its job to what we were expecting. Um at times, maybe even a little bit more. Um, the rest of it, though, once you get past that front four, it is a veritable, and you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier as far as you know, getting the recipe right, and I'm not sure you have all the ingredients, but it's at least trying to blend what you have together, and it's been a struggle. And, you know, look, even at times on Sunday, look, five turnovers is fantastic. 
That's what changed the outcome of that game. But there were times where, you know, this back seven was getting, you know, beat from, you know, the backyard to the barn, so to speak. Um, even with the help that maybe could be on the way, um, you know, Kevin Johnson starting to get, you know, in, you know easing back in. Um, hopefully Denzel Ward is able to go on Sunday. The safety position, uh, obviously Moffitt was brought off, brought up my thought processes too, maybe 95%. He was about to be poached is why he was brought up to the active roster, but maybe it's somebody who looked good in the summer and maybe it's an opportunity to get him into the mix in some fold, in some capacity. Obviously a Sandeo has struggled. Joseph with a couple of nice big plays on Sunday, but still struggling to this point. Um, in For those who are giving, my God, Andrew Barry a hard time, you literally want Rome built in one day. Um, he's had one offseason um, and drastically, drastically improved this roster. So just chill with that. But Sam, the defense, you know, outside of the D-line, it, it's, my God, it's, it, it's like a mixed bag of nuts. and. Not really any of them are good besides Denzel Ward. Yeah, I, uh, I've i really not been impressed with the defense so far, aside from the defensive line. And one th- I will say that Joe Woods has done an excellent job of rotating the defensive line in and out and keeping those guys fresh. Um, he's gotten pretty much all of them you know, consistent playing time, and they're all playing – pretty well at this point uh you know Garrett's obviously playing at an all pro level again as usual so he's he's the the anchor of the defense there and you know as he goes the whole defense goes so um the linebackers are iffy at best um it's just it was easy to see this coming with how Barry chose to prioritize other positions over the linebacker position this year. And, you know, obviously it's understandable that he would let Schobert walk and that you would avoid uh, drafting one until the third round. All of that is, is fine and good, but it was still easy to see that, you know, this position group was going to struggle badly, even though the, even though they were trying to intentionally marginalize the impact that that position would have on the defense. Um, obviously, they want to eventually run a dime base, which I think is a very good idea. But you, in order to do that, you're still going to need at least one good all-around linebacker who is not a liability in coverage and is not a liability in the run game. And right now, the Browns have a bunch of different guys who are decent in some areas and are just flat out unproven or poor in others. So they don't really have a guy who you can point to and say, he's pretty good at everything. So we've seen them, we've seen all of them struggle. Some of them, you know, uh, BJ Goodson had a pretty good day on Sunday. Uh, Malcolm Smith has had his moments. Uh, But overall, it's just been, it's been tough. Uh, Joe Burrow on Thursday night was just picking on, the linebackers every chance he got. And that's what every team is going to do. Uh, when they, when they see linebackers in coverage, they're going to throw to that, that player. So uh, hopefully Wilson and eventually Phillips returning will, will add some, some positives to that 
group, uh, I would I would prefer both of those guys were starting just because of the uh, athletic ability, the athletic upside that those guys would give you. Because you know what Smith and Goodson are at this point, but at least Wilson and Phillips would give you you know the potential to improve as they learn and get reps. Uh, as far as the secondary goes, it's just it's rough with all with all the injuries they've had. Um, hopefully, hopefully Ward is fine uh, because if he's not, it's going to be a, a difficult day trying to cover Cooper and Gallup and Lamb and everybody else they've got over there. So um, the one thing I probably the biggest issue I have with the defense at this point is Woods um, dealing with the players that he has in that secondary. Um, you know, he, he's been playing Tavier Thomas at, at nickel a lot. And he has MJ Stewart who, you know, he's Stewart isn't. It seemed like that sort of point, transitioned just, a little bit in the second half though. Cause it seemed in the second half, you saw a lot more Stewart, but go ahead, buddy. Yeah. In, in Johnson too, I think uh, he got onto the field a lot. Um, I, yep. Woods was probably forced to just play him because of what happened to Ward, I think. Um, but at, you know, at least we're finally seeing Stewart play over, you know, he over Thomas. Neither of them are, are any good right now, but at least you have somebody who's who has reps there while Thomas is getting his first defensive playing time. Uh, but e- even worse than that is is the safety group. You know, Sheldrick Redwine, who was decent. Last year as a rookie, I was a raw rookie. He hasn't gotten a single defensive snap this year. And, you know, Barry gives up a fifth round pick for Ronnie Harrison, who's a proven solid player with the Jaguars uh, with a, a comparable athletic and, and skill uh, profile to Grant Delpit. Uh, and he has barely seen the field. So I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, it's obviously not because uh, Joseph and Sandejo are playing great right now. So I think Woods needs to do a much better job of utilizing the talent that he has in that room in the secondary and move some guys around and see what you have instead of just sticking with two guys the entire time. Well, I mean, the first thing and that makes me think of and makes me wonder is, you know, the complexity of the scheme and the playbook verbiage. Um, you know, is Sheldrick Redwine struggling in that respect? Is Ronnie Harrison struggling in that respect? It's the first thing that I come to when I think of with, you know, with those players, you know, at the safety position. And look, even Tavier Thomas has probably got to be asking at this point, guys, I'm a great special teams player. What in the world am I doing getting all these reps at the cornerback position? So who knows with that? <clears throat> we will get to some listener questions here in your third segment as we continue to move on through on your Wednesday lockdown Browns where on a night where Cleveland, Ohio is pretty much the center of the United States right now. Hey guys, I want to tell you all about a new website that just launched on August 1st called Ohio versus everyone.com. The site covers all Ohio sports and culture. They have in-depth, interesting articles about the Cleveland Cavaliers your Browns and your Indians, and of course, the Cincinnati Reds and the Bengals and the Ohio State Buckeyes. Thomas Valentine uh, did his game recap from Sunday's victory over the Washington football team. His five takeaways, five things that he felt strongly about 
Go ahead, check that out on Ohio versus everyone.com. It's all your favorite teams, all in one site. And because they cover all the teams, they only bring you the best and most interesting topics. Check them out again. It's Ohio versus everyone.com. That's Ohio vs everyone.com. We're going to get to a couple of mailbag questions here. And this is where I always appreciate you guys for this. Um, you know, I, I wish we could get to this more, but just, you know, the way things are going and having Mark uh, Sessler available, you know, to come on almost once a week here. Um, we normally do a weekly mailbag episode, but it's just been a little bit tougher this year. And obviously Mark brings fantastic insight and coverage. Um, we'll find a way. Trust me, guys. We will find a way to make this look. I would go six days a week. Um, the network won't let me. So for that, I do apologize. I do, guys. I absolutely do. But, you know, with the mailbag questions, which I always appreciate you guys for, we will continue and continue to get through with that. Um, as we go through with the questions, um, first one, Sam is, and this one, obviously Baker Mayfield related. Um, if it's not this week, Sam, where this passing game can get going, it does make you have some questions about when this passing game can get going. We've talked about where this is shootout level. Um, the secondary, I mean, you think about the fact of, you know, Diggs versus an Odell Beckham, Versus a Jarvis Landry, where, you know, we're talking about a rookie with limited time, much as we talk about our own rookies, against, you know, two of the game's elite route runners. Um, and with this offensive line, and look, you know, the Cowboys have, they are lucky to be where they are at record-wise at one and two. They could easily be 0 and 3. And they are about to face the best offensive line that they have seen this entire season. If this isn't the week for the passing game to get fat, then when does that week come? Well, I sure hope it's this week. Um, (laughs) I mean, the disadvantages that this team was placed at, new coach, new offensive scheme, new defensive scheme, new general manager, rookie general manager, rookie coach, and basically no offseason no in-person contact, shortened everything. To be 2-1 and one right now is an accomplishment, and to have looked good these past two weeks on offense is an accomplishment as well. So right now the question you have to ask is, are the Browns limiting the impact that Mayfield is having on the game intentionally because they don't need him to to you know, throw for 350 yards and four touchdowns to win the game, or is it because they don't trust him to manage the, the ball well and to, to know what he's supposed to do to, to operate the offense uh, efficiently and correctly? I'm leaning more towards the former because of just how well the run game has, has looked this year, how well the offensive line is playing. Um, but obviously this week presents a different challenge because this – Cowboys offense is so potent. Um, you know they're going to score points. You know they're going to get out to probably an early lead if they get the ball first. So like we were talking about before, this is a game where you're going to need Mayfield to step up, throw for 30, 40 times, and you know, three, t- three touchdowns is probably going to be what you need to win at the minimum from him. So 
it's a good opportunity for him. It's a great opportunity for Stefanski to show that I can do more than just run wide zone power run. Um, and I can mix in these, these shot plays, this, this play action pass based offense, and I can make Mayfield look good. Like I did with Kirk cousins last year. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he does this week. Um, I'm not sure what to expect exactly, but I really hope this is the week that Mayfield shows, Hey, look, the record, the record setting elite QB that I was in my rookie season, I'm still here. Well, and for me, and you know, and, and this is one I keep thinking about for Baker, for Miles, who are the key components of this entire roster is, you know, you grew up in Texas, you know, you, that stadium, you know, and what that franchise means and getting that opportunity. Look, you know, if all goes right, these guys are only going to go visit their hell. They may not visit it again in the next four years. They, this may be the only time they actually ever play in that stadium, um, which is basically the Mecca, um, you know, as far as, you know, Texas football. So, you know, you got to wonder, it, it certainly makes you wonder. And, you know, if not this week, then when, because the opportunity is there, this one from Ben Ben, and obviously folks, this is a, you know, a popular one with Jojo Nasson going down. Um, I, I do agree, but before we, you know, we spill the beans, will uh, Donovan Peoples Jones start returning kicks punts with the loss of Nasson? Also, you have the possibility of just adding yet another, another Uber athlete to this offensive system. Look, Rashard Higgins, hasn't been, you know, did not dress this week. And maybe this is one thing that's, you know, hindering him with this. But, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones availability as a return man, you know, everything we saw this summer was where he was the second punt returner. Um, You know, I mean, are they going to, you know, are they playing the long game with Donovan Peoples-Jones? Or, you know, there is Dontrell Hilliard wallowing around on a practice squad who does have return ability and has done it for this team. But, you know, is this where we maybe start to see the rise of number 11, Donovan Peoples-Jones? I would like it to be. Um, I'm not convinced <laughs> that they're going to do it yet, but, uh, it's, you know, especially with a, a And this is one thing I keep telling Steelers. everybody. This is one thing I keep telling everybody. Guys, you have to remember nothing about Michigan, nothing about big-time athletes, six-round pick, but go ahead, Sam. Yeah. I mean, he, he did it well in college, and he obviously has the athletic ability to be very good at it in the pros. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, is that the only thing that they trust him to do at this point? Um, obviously, Natson was signed as you know the return specialist, but he also was starting to have you know a, a larger role on offense, at least in setting things up with the fake jet sweep and he finally got his, his one carry for three yards on Sunday. So I think, you know, it once people's Jones starts to get up to speed in the offense, which I'm hoping happens soon, um, then he's going to be active and, you know, hopefully contributing on special teams as, you know, a coverage player as well as in the return game. Uh, I, if I had to, bet um i would say he's probably not going to be the guy this week um and we, we've brought in a, a certain Pitt, former pittsburgh Steeler 
for a tryout today. We'll see what happens there. But um, I don't think Peoples Jones' time is right now, although I think he could definitely help uh, in more ways than just uh, in the return game. Well, I think this is a week for maybe where you could bring him in. And look, um, and if you were running a set where it was Kareem Hunt, Austin Hooper, Odell, Jarvis, and this Dallas poor secondary, guess who's most likely going to be open? An athlete like Donovan Peoples-Jones. So even if you put him on the field and it's four or five reps, maybe maximum in the offensive system, and he's only running nine routes. And, folks, please stop saying bomb. We are way too intelligent as football people to use the term bomb. Use nine route. Use fly route. Use deep route. For God's sakes, some of the people covering this stuff, it drives me Use crazy. Use streak. Did you did you play Madden growing up? Yes. How about that? There we go. There's streak as well. There's about 75 synonyms we can use over bomb. We're not eight years old and playing in the backyard. But maybe there is the role. Um, and the thing with bringing Hilliard up, it's it would you know because you have somebody who's at least done it in NFL games is how does this work in accordance to the rest of your roster? So for me, I, I, I would probably and I agree with you, Sam. I don't think he's going to get elevated. And but maybe it's time. And look, sometimes situations force you to do something maybe before you're ready to do it, but. For me, this is probably the way I would go because with him already on the active roster, if it doesn't work out and everybody agrees that this is going to be a tough game, and if they walk out of there two and two, I don't think it changes anything as far as the direction of this team. So then maybe you say, hey, you know what? Maybe he wasn't ready. So let's give it another couple of weeks, and you're not adjusting your roster because he can just go back to being inactive on game days. So it's a tough call. It really is a tough call. And I'm sure that is something that is probably being discussed heavily. And yes, everybody, my tweet about Ryan Switzer, I was a Ryan Switzer darling coming out of UNC. Um, I still, and it's actually funny because I still talk with his father and and just about general life stuff at this point, because he never became part of any team I covered or followed. Um, I have the opportunity to cover Ryan, uh, to interview Ryan Switzer during his draft process. Just a great kid, all around great kid. Um, and if th- th- maybe the thinking is, is maybe he's not ready. So let's get somebody in here for a week or two to return some kicks to who he is. And look, I mean, and for JoJo Natson, the ACL is an absolute bummer. But JoJo Natson wasn't really doing anything to this point anyway. So let's just let that go. And all the best to JoJo, obviously, you know, as he you know recovers from you know, one, of the, one of the worst football injuries there is um sam we got time maybe for one more quick one let's just see if we can open it up and see if we still got it um larry Ogunjobi, he's created the conundrum here because last year but where larry Ogunjobi's playing right now um you breaking out the checkbook yet and look if you're going to sign larry Ogunjobi. Try to do it now because if he continues at this pace, he may not be in the fiscal needs or the fiscal realm of this franchise. Yeah, it, it's it's been good to see him him rebound from the last two years. Um, he had been a bit of a down downward slope as far as his performance goes. So, you know, he's always had the athletic ability to be 
really good. And he's finally making a big impact in the run game this, this year. You know, you see, you see him in the backfield knifing in uh, every other play. It seems like, you know, before the offensive line has really had a chance to do anything. Um, you know, he's not making every, every play he's missing some tackles back there, but he's, he's creating disruption. And that's, that's what you want from your, your defensive tackle, especially when he's the one, you know, usually playing one tech. So as far as extending him, I think obviously the earlier the better uh, for for price. I'm not sure uh, what I'd value him at. I'm obviously not going to give him a, a Rick Sheldon Richardson type deal, but no way. Um, if we can get you know something done before the bye week, that would be ideal. Maybe three years. I don't know. 24, 25 million, maybe at the most. Um, I think that would be fair because at this point, he looks like a young ascending player. And, um, you know, for him, that, that would give him some, some nice financial reliability that he knows, he knows he's getting paid. He knows he's, he's staying in the same, same spot where he spent the first four years of his career. So I think he's definitely a guy that I would like to keep um, because uh, you never want to unnecessarily create a need, especially when we already have so many other needs on this defense. I would love to be able to go into next year's draft and not have to take a defensive tackle, you know, day one, day two. So he's definitely a guy I want to keep around. It's just a matter of finding the right price that he and the team thinks is fair. Uh, exactly. Um, cause look, I mean, you know, and if you know, maybe filling out that back seven with younger, cheaper contracts, um, and keeping intact, what is the strength of this defense at this point? And Josh Norris from Roto will Roto world where Sam said it, where Sam said it, your disruption is your production. And right now, Larry is doing that and doing it well. He is Sam Penix. Make sure you're following at Sam underscore. Penix, P-E-N-I-X. Check everything out on Dog Pound Daily. Uh, Clutch Points NFL with the first pick. And, of course, uh, Pro Football Network at PFN365. Brand, uh, Sam does a fantastic job covering the Browns over there. Uh, myself, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show at Lockdown Browns, all lowercase. Follow back account. DMs are open. Feedback, ideas. Guys, you know I'm always there, and I do my best for you. As you know, trying to, if everybody's going to give to, you know, 30 minutes, 35, 40 minutes, you know, five days a week to me, I'm going to do my best to try to be there for you folks as well. So please do that again. Make sure you follow Sam because he's a younger guy busting his butt, putting out a bunch of great content week in week out. We'll have crossover Thursday, tomorrow. We'll get to your pregame show as we head on down to a big one in the star um, against, you know, the Alice Cowboys, because if you have no defense, that's what I'm going to continue to refer to you as. This has been your daily delivery of all things dog found. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.